Listener Production. Today, I'm going to be asking Kelly McGonigal, psychologist and author, The Seven. You know my seven. The seven questions that help us unravel the daily routines and habits that help keep my guests motivated. The small steps that done daily lead to bigger and better things. Well, I'll ask you the first question. I reckon I already know the answer because we've talked about it extensively on this chat, but how do you feel your cup? I expose myself to new music the way that most people eat food. Like every day, <laughs> I need to consume new music because I, I feel like being connected to music of today and uh, different mm. different parts of the world, different ages and demographics and different styles, that's, that's part of how I feel empathy and part of how I feel like I'm a part of what it means to be alive in this moment, so... What do you do to help you manage work, life, family, that kind of thing? I think I know the answer, but I want you to tell me. Do you? Uh, I'm really curious what you think you know, because this was one of the questions that I really had to think a lot about. Um, Oh, I feel like it's movement, isn't it? Oh, well, I got to give you something other than that. Okay, give me something else. Give me something else. Learning to be really honest in my communication with all of my family members uh, has Uh. really really helped particularly when it it came time to deal with with challenges things like caregiving or making decisions i i found that you know years ago i made this commitment to try to to really communicate honestly and with a lot of um acceptance with family members and it led to changes in in our relationships that then made it possible for example when a family member needed help to accept my help, which is not something that would have happened a while back. And so I feel like that that kind of willingness to, to really work on how I communicate with family members is something that, it, it's I don't know if it's balanced so much, but it, it allows things to happen that need to happen with less conflict, with more, um, with more connection. Well, is there an element of vulnerability in there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I also, I feel like... Um, this commitment that I have that everything is okay, which is the thing that I found really helps with family conflict and and mm. the big challenges where nothing is easy and everyone's sad and upset and it's hard, is this, mm. I have this commitment to my, what my presence is going to be in this conversation or in this communication or in this situation is, it's all, it's not that it's good okay, it is all acceptable. I I fully accept the reality of what's happening, including your emotions, your concerns, mm. the reality of the situation. That I, I've tried to make that my role within my family. I think that that, that I'm grateful for that that decision. Yeah, it helps. I, I I love that for you, Kelly. Is there something you do now that you would have thought was impossible five years ago? Five years ago. (laughs) Well, well, maybe 10. Like, what do you do now that you used to to think was impossible? You know, so when I I saw this question, I got to go back a long time, which is flying. To school? To school? Flying. No, no, no. I'm going to go a long time ago to to when I had an absolute commitment, phobia, to not get on an airplane. There were years of my life where I refused to fly I had such a fear about it 
that I just, I, I didn't know any way to deal with it other than to say, I don't fly. I don't do it, which led to a lot of challenges with taking opportunities and seeing family mm. members. I mean, you mm. can imagine mm. there was a time in my life where I would not have believed that I would have ever gotten on a, a flight that was 14 hours long. I would have thought to myself, Kelly, you're not capable of it because you'll have a panic attack and you just won't do it. <laughs> you, know, you there's, I couldn't even have imagined myself walking onto the plane and not running off. So, um, you know, there's a lot that I did to try to, to deal with that fear, but it was mostly around uh, deciding that I was going to choose meaning over trying to avoid what I didn't want to feel. So, so how did you overcome that fear though? Because that's a, that, oh, sorry, all, all that phobia, was it through therapy? And No, no, it was through, I'll tell you the best trick. It's so, so strange. I thought because I had flown before I before I yeah. stopped, I did have the experience and I did hate it. Um, so I thought to myself, what what reminds you of being on a plane that doesn't require you to get on a plane? And I remember that I had taken an indoor cycling class years ago that I hated because it was a tiny room with no airflow. And you're like literally stuck on the bike. Like you were literally strapped in and trapped. You know how the shoes yeah, work. Yeah, you're clipped in. <laughs> uh, and there's somebody yelling at you to go you know, faster and harder. And if you do, you can't breathe. Your heart is pounding out of your chest. And I remember thinking, I hate this. I don't want to be here. And I'm trapped. And I thought, well, that's just like flying. <laughs> and so I decided that I was going to join a gym that had indoor cycling classes and I was going to go to indoor cycling and learn how to manage feelings of being trapped at, along with the physical effects of like feeling like you're having a panic attack with your heart pounding and you're, you're, you know, you're breathing fast. And I literally practiced staying put when I felt trapped in indoor cycling. I ended up becoming an indoor cycling instructor. Because <laughs> you're so extreme. You're so extreme. <laughs> because I fell in love with it because of the music, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I said, get the right soundtrack and anything is possible. I actually, and off also when I started flying again for the first time, I would use indoor cycling playlists during turbulence and during takeoff and landings, like the part that would make me the most likely to have a panic attack. I would put on yeah. music from those indoor cycling classes. And, you know, the other thing that I do now, because I still, I still dread it. I don't fear it, but I don't, yeah, I dread it. Yeah. I still dread it is now that I've started talking about my fear of flying, I've gotten a lot of emails and messages from people who, like me, felt ashamed of it. You know, yeah. for a long time I didn't talk about it because I thought, isn't this silly? Like, people are going to judge you. You should be over mm. this. Um, and when I finally started talking about it, I found out a lot of people either share that fear or have another fear that they mm. feel that they judge themselves for having, but is, is really getting in the way of the quality of their life. Now, when I get on a plane if I, and I don't want to, I often will just think about an email that I received from somebody who said the fact that you're flying, you know, gives me the courage to fly too. And I think I'm doing this for all of us. Like I, me getting on this plane is not just for me. It's so that that woman who, who emailed me and told me she's, you know, visiting her mother for the first time in years, I'm doing this so she can get on a plane. It just, it changes the meaning of it. And that helps. I love, I, you're so insightful, like to think about going to a cycle class, listening to the same music, so mentally you're, you're transported back there. And so the, the two things are connected. And then I guess finding a meaning, like finding something that's bigger than you yeah. to be able to keep doing it. 
Kelly, when you feel unmotivated, what do you do? I would say there have been very few times in my life where I would describe myself as unmotivated. And that is because for me, motivation is about values. So, you know, I remember many, many years ago, I had a meditation teacher who said, if you, um, if you stop using like self-criticism and anxiety to motivate yourself, mm-hmm. you're going to find it very hard to force yourself to do things you don't want to do, but much easier to get clear about what actually matters to you. Mm-hmm. And I, so in a way, I, I've constructed my life so that what I am required to do is consistent with my values. And so outside, like even I would say outside of a crisis or a challenge I don't want, but even when I'm faced with a challenge that I don't want, I frame it in terms of uh, an opportunity to live by my values. If I feel in a moment something like depressed, mm. I, you know, I just think of an activity that is consistent with my values and is something I can do. And because of how I've made choices in my life, the fact that I have to teach two dance classes tomorrow, it gives me something to do. Like I could think about who am I going to celebrate in class tomorrow? Is there anyone I can like hype up? Do I know what's going on in people's lives? Mm. Do I want to practice a new song that I think people are going to love? You know, it's, there's always something to do that is consistent with roles that I have, I have um, created for myself that give me a sense of meaning and purpose. What, what, do you, what do you wish more women would do? I wish more women would trust what they love. So when I, when I saw that question... I thought of this, this is a comic strip that I have pinned to my bulletin board in my office. And I pulled it out because it's a comic strip about a woman who discovers a new singer, a new musical artist that she loves and she's middle-aged. And the comic strip is about how she can't believe how much she loves this artist, how this musician's music makes her feel incredible. And she has this fantasy that she's going to introduce her friends to this artist and she's going to sing this artist's song in public. And then she says, of course, then I remember I'm a schlubby 40-something singing loudly and badly in public. I just don't... Anyways, it goes on. And the whole comic book, comic strip is about how she almost gives herself permission to trust what she loves and embody that joy without shame. And then she talks herself out of it. And so I feel like that's what I wish more women and more humans would do is if you if you feel that signal that this is something I love and then you feel the impulse to share it with others to do it and not be self-conscious because other people need permission to do it too. To find out more about Kelly, head to kellymcgonigal.com or check out her Instagram at McGonagall. Thanks for listening to Terea Pitt's Pep Talk. Follow to get new Pep Talks every day. Listener.